0: Travelling the Vortex
1: We've joined Doom as she searches for the Doctor and arrives in episode 560, which is originally from the future, but got bored because everything's already happened. I'm Keith.
0: I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How is everybody this week? It's been a while.
1: I'm bored.
2: Everything's already (laughs)
0: happened. Everything's already happened. (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys do or watch anything? I watched a whole bunch of stuff in the last two weeks. I watched
1: a lot of stuff for me. For you? (laughs) For me. For you. For me, too. For for
0: me, it's a lot of stuff. Oh. Oh, for you, it's a lot of stuff. I got you. For (laughs) me, I watched a lot of stuff.
2: (laughs) Lead us off, Glenn.
0: Well, where do I start? Um... I watched the first two episodes of uh, Rebel Season 5, or Ahsoka, (laughs) <laughs> um,
2: only the first two? You're so far behind <laughs> There's only two episodes. Yes, I'm yeah, going to load this I got, over <laughs> you Because
0: I I've not seen so watched. <laughs> Wait, there's a third one? Oh, that dropped today I, I didn't even realize Actually, that. it drops on Tuesdays at 8pm Tuesday. Tuesdays Oh, I thought it was Wednesday Yeah, no, I haven't yeah. uh, You are one up on you me You watched watch it last night You're right, you are one up on me I. I no, we were Well, we were no, I'll get to that later Anyway We, we
2: debated whether or not We were going to include that As part of our, our rotation for show because we meet with Patrick on Tuesday nights mm-hmm. and it was like yeah the the allure of actually being current on a show <laughs> it's, it, it's too much we've got to do it so well, episodes one as and current two as you can be
0: one and two were great I'm looking forward to three in fact maybe if after we wrap up here I'll go watch three yeah. um, and then still up to date on owning murders in the building which is still really really good And then uh, I finally watched Wednesday got through all eight episodes of that That was a very enjoyable. Um, show i'm i'm kind of sad that i waited so long to watch it it was very it was a lot of fun um and then i've been watching uh i went back in uh real uh real-time productions they do those uh myth maker videos and i've gone back way back in their catalog and watched the first uh three um the first one was with michael wisher the second one is escaping me oh uh was uh neeson uh john Neeson. And the third one, that's the one that's escaping me now. I can't remember who that was. Anyway, um, those are kind of cool because their first ones were done in the late 80s. So the show is still on. And I think the thing that I thought was interesting about going back and watching these is you're seeing these interviews with Doctor Who um, actors who... Oh, well, the, uh, how did I forget this. Nicholas Courtney was the third one. Um, oh. And you're getting interviews with these Doctor Who actors before they were on the convention. I mean, they were early in the convention circuits, and it was before they kind of had their rehearsed answers to everything. And so, while when you go to a con now, you can almost expect to hear an overindulged story about things that happened and these really polished you know, answers and interviews. And so it's kind of interesting to hear kind of the, the raw answers to these, these questions that I don't think you necessarily get now. So I'll be interested to see if that feeling continues as I go through them. And of course I think the, the further in the series I get, obviously the the closer to modern times it'll be. And so it it may not feel as raw and unpolished, but I'm really enjoying those. Those are, they're very good. Um, I got some movies in. I watched Maverick finally. Which that movie has no business being as good as it is, and oh, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, I'm sorry, like Top the, Gun. Sorry, Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. Playing with the Western. No, no, Top Gun Maverick.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I like a poker movie as much as the next guy. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> which, which one? Okay, yeah, Top Gun. It's great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. really,
0: really good. I that, like I say, that movie has no business being as good as it is, especially for a, a sequel that's you know 30 years later. Um, and then we went to on National Cinema Day and saw Barbie. Yay! What do you think? It was fine. I really liked the message, but I didn't really enjoy the movie. I liked what they were doing with it. I think all of the performances were like spot on. It's just the story was kind of meh. And then um, I finished Myth Conceptions, the book that series that I've been reading in the Myth Adventures. So this is the second book and I finished it and it was equally as good as the first book. So I'm looking forward to continuing that series as well. And I think that is it.
1: Keith, what did you do? I watched Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh, you haven't watched it yet? I hadn't watched it yet. I just hadn't really had the time or inclination to. But, you know, with Flash coming or Flash being out, I kind of wanted to go back and revisit that, but didn't want to watch the crappy theatrical version, so I thought well, I might as well give this a shot, and it was a lot better than I expected it to be. It um, A lot more of it. Yeah, <laughs> there, there is. is definitely a lot more of it, but I don't think it's necessarily to its detriment. I mean, there's a lot of this stuff that should have been established and done before the Justice League movie, mm-hmm. um, but that isn't necessarily the movie's fault. That's more of the cinematic universe of which it exists in. Yeah. So, it... I don't know. It. I expected to go into it and be a bored because it was so long and be not overly impressed by it. And I have to say, it was actually kind of good. <laughs> it's not one I'll go back and rewatch a lot. And the epilogue was a little too long, but splitting it up over three nights was a pretty decent way to watch it too. <laughs> we enjoyed so it, it. wasn't fi- as feel as long. Uh, so I I did that so I could also watch Flash, The Flash, which I did. And I kind of liked it. There's, I, I know, Glenn, you had said it was the best bad movie you've ever seen. Mm. But other than some of the CGI, you know, the, the Speed Force CGI is really the only bad CGI in the film. And the rest of it, I think it's a fairly solid story with some very interesting ideas in it. Um, there's some character decisions that i don't necessarily agree with um one of which being the other barry allen Mm -hmm. but they also kind of justify it for me in the fact that he's 18 so yeah he's not mature he's not gone through any of the stuff the other barry allen has gone through and so he is immature and he is fresh a, a freshman in college so it's kind of not necessarily you know outside the realm of possibility of that's how he would behave and act in sort of these sort of situations, especially when we've already seen how the other Barry Allen is in similar situations. Yeah.
0: That was my, one of my problems though, as well was the characterization. And I think you're being too forgiving. I think you're, I could uh, be, I think you're trying to find justification for it, but I think that he was a little too immature, even for 18. He
1: also, it wasn't, the Russell wasn't as much of it as I thought there was going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or as true. much as the immaturity as it's necessarily been commented on and yeah. portrayed upon. And maybe because I knew about the immaturity going into it, I was able to kind of look past it a little bit
0: more. No, I, I'll give you that. It's not as bad as, as people have made it out to be. Or as even as much. So I I actually kind of liked it. So that's
1: two things. I when it, And maybe my expectations on both of these things were low enough that... It exceeded them, so I'm like, "Oh, okay, yeah, pretty good." It's neither one or ones I'm going to rush out to watch again anytime mm-hmm. soon. But there was a decent amount. If Liam really got into, you know, the, the DC superheroes and wanted to sit down and watch everything, I would be more than happy to sit down and rewatch The Flash with him. We also finished Good Omens 2. Mm,
0: I still have not finished that yet.
1: We have we have two episodes left.
0: I think we have two more as well.
1: So the final two episodes are pretty good, and the first couple of episodes are pretty good. The middle, it really starts to sag for me Mm -hmm. and feels like they kind of are treading water a little too much to try to capitalize on the success of the chemistry and the backstory of the two, of Crowley and Azaraphale. But other than that, I thought it was it was good. I don't like how they necessarily ended it, but I know they're kind of ending it in a way to set up another season. Mm-hmm. So I'm willing to give them a little pass on that too, just because, only if we get another season. Yeah. If we don't get another season, then I'm going to be very disappointed with season two and probably never go back to it.
0: How yeah, about two seasons in a movie? That would be fine, too, some, <laughs> so
1: long as we get uh, some sort of better closure. resolution. Mm-hmm. Because there is a kind of closure to the end of the season. It's not left on a cliffhanger. It's left with some sort of closure. Mm-hmm.
2: What about two seasons in a book? Because <laughs> no. Neil Gaiman has said if they do not give them season three, oh. it will be written as a book.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, that would be fine, too. So yeah, long as there is right with that. a resolution to the, the story he has set up the new story he has set up. I
2: tell you episodes three and four, we kind of commented on, it felt like we were getting so much backstory Mm -hmm. that um, the, the kind of current plot thread of what was going on had been dropped almost so that we could get these very long extended backstory segments. And so, yeah, yeah, I can understand that maybe it drags a little bit, but I, I also at the same time, 100% disagree because episode four had David Tennant in that hat. (laughs) (laughs) And I have decided that's my new thing is David Tennant in a hat that had. So I'm okay with whatever happened because he wore the hat. Mm -hmm. He looked good in a hat.
1: (laughs) and, And the long backstories were nice and very interesting, but it just, I wish they had contributed more to the overall story. It felt well like it's a distraction to stretch things out a little bit
2: mark mark is doing his whole ministry of silly walks on his own <laughs> <laughs> like everybody else was kind of sort of on the same page and he's over here <laughs> it's like dude you are not in the michael jackson thriller video what are you doing <laughs> but i guess when you're mark gaddis and you're friends with neil Gaiman, you can, you, can, you can do stuff like
1: that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. my other thing is a Two-minute review. So before we get to that, what did you do, Sean?
2: Uh, well, we also took advantage of National Cinema Day and went and saw Gran Turismo, which is very good. I was honestly a little surprised by how much I liked it um, for a quote-unquote video game for, movie.
0: For a uh, two-and-a-half-hour PlayStation ad?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um to be fair, I have played Gran Turismo and it, it's it's not a game, it is a racing simulator. <laughs> uh and it just really kind of drives home the point of why I don't play racing games mm-hmm. or simulators right. cuz I, I can't I can't drive.
0: Um <laughs> But yeah, the, you can't drive in real life let alone a game. Yeah, I,
2: <laughs> <laughs> maybe if I practiced more I'd be better. <laughs> I need to load up the game so I can go get out of the driveway. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it was good. And we also, we, we took advantage since cinema day was all seats, all theaters, four bucks. We went and saw it in the MX four the, whatever interactive rumble Rama sheet, uh, seat shaking thing.
0: The 40 eggs.
2: Yeah. That, whatever that is. <laughs> and I can say that, um, this is a great movie for that experience. Mm. So if you're, if, you're, if you're looking to try it out, the racing and the, you know, the rumble of the motors and all of the, about know, okay. That was all very, very cool. Um, I'm glad I only paid $4 mm. for the experience because it, it, it's a gimmick and yeah. I would not shell out. I, I hadn't as yet. Maybe next year, if we get another national cinema day with cheap seats, I, if there was something decent playing in that theater, I would go and try it again, but it's not something I would seek out and go yeah let's go to the rumble rama theater and mm. you know the new star wars is that eh, you know it, it I, don't that even,
0: I don't even mind all of the rumble and sound it's the strobes the strobes are very 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 distracting to me
2: yeah there weren't too many of them in ours but they did go off and it was like i don't know and it, it, i don't know they weren't timed quite right mm. the rumbling and everything was great but the strobes always seemed to be a little off so maybe mm. that was part of yeah, it too Maybe. Uh, And then we also saw Blue Beetle.
1: Ooh, how's that?
2: Um, Blue Beetle is very enjoyable. It has a lot of heart. And it's also got a lot of Iron Man and Ant-Man and Venom. Mm. And I I, I say this kind of unfortunately because I said the same thing about Morbius. Morbius in and of itself was not a bad film. It just felt like a movie that had it come out 10 years ago, we'd all been like, Oh wow. What a great movie. Cause it it feels like a movie that was made before we figured out how to make superhero movies. (laughs)
0: Does
2: that make sense? Mm -hmm. Um, And now that we have all these other superhero movies, blue beetle is nothing new. You know, it's the origin story and there's a symbiote and, bad guys and then he fights another superpowered dude in a suit it's just kind of like it's all pretty standard stuff that we've seen before um but there, there's there's very obviously a lot of love for these characters from the people that put the movie together and that that came through so it was still fun it was still an enjoyable uh little watch is it's, it's not earth shaking hmm.
0: You are invited on an adventure across all of time and space, in a completely random order. It's the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Jump in the TARDIS with your hosts, Eric Cobranson, Asad Khashki, and Matthew Kressel. Explore Doctor Who TV stories, audio adventures, and books, both novels and non-fiction. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. It's the entire who
2: On Shuffle. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a member of the Direction Point Network and is available about once a month wherever you find your podcasts. You are
0: listening to Traveling the Vortex. Well, Keith, as you mentioned, uh, you did one other thing this week, and uh, that was a uh, listen to an audio.
1: Yeah, I listened to the Ninth Doctor box set, Travel and Hope. And this is going to be my something new two-minute review so this is a box set composed of three stories the first one below there is a very cool um kind of horror-esque story of this woman on a space station a relay station um Matt has been bought out by this company and she's alone on this relay station for this transmat company and the doctor is trying to communicate with her and things get kind of a wonky and she sees things that she doesn't think are there and their visions of the future and it's just really atmospheric and really c- clever clever story that i i thoroughly enjoyed uh the second story was a one called the butler did it <laughs> where the doctor lands in a space state ship repair port and has to solve a murder or an attempted murder, and it's very fun, very cheeky. He makes lots of references to murder she wrote throughout the whole thing, <laughs> and it's just a very, very fun story. The final one is Run, which is probably the best one out of these three, even though it is a political story. It is the early career of Alpha Centuri. She goes off, they go off to join to be a senator in the Galactic Federation. And it's their first for- foray into, into politics, and they get swept in in this intrigue. And it's really a story about how democracy can easily die and what it takes to try to instill hope and help it survive throughout uh, those who would try to take it down. It's a really good story. It's a great um, political thriller with thriller. Alpha Centuri as kind of the head person and the Doctor as his and that is my Something New two minute review. Sounds
0: intriguing. Yeah, it sounds like a good story.
1: Yeah, the, the whole box set is really well done and you know, it's more Ninth Doctor it's kind of nice in the fact of this box set you don't have to you could jump into any of them, they don't connect, they're just all standalone stories but they all kind of have a theme of hope running throughout them.
0: Say, who, who is the this is Tim Trelaw. This is David J. Howe. I'm Peter Purvis. I am C.J. Miller. This is Lauren Cornelius. Larry, it's Fraser. For all things in the Doctor Who collecting world and beyond, the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast. I'm Larry Van Mersberg and your host, and I've been collecting for 42 years. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex on the Direction Point Podcast Network. We are going on a journey, a very long journey, through the world of the target novelizations and publication order. Every week, we are looking at a new book, talking about Terrence Dix, Malcolm Hulk, and all our Doctor Who novelization friends. Whatever you do, keep turning the pages. This is Jason Miller of the Doctor Who Literature Podcast a member of the Direction Point Podcast Network, and you are listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point Podcast. All right, well, let's talk about some
1: news. Yeah, they have announced that newly remastered series 1 through 4, that is the Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant run, will be on Blu-ray coming out, and additional newly upscaled versions.
2: Okay, so for somebody who is still, you know, the technological Neanderthal, I have these seasons on Blu-ray. How more high-def can they get? I mean, it's not like a four K restoration or
0: anything, right? Well, and <laughs> we talked a little bit about this off. I'm gonna feel like I'm repeating myself, but yeah. So I, I mean, they the first four seasons were shot in standard definition. Actually, I think they were shot in higher quality, but they were mastered in standard definition. And probably because it was cheaper at the time, and so now what they'll do is they'll up convert those to remaster those. I'm I bet they'll get it to 1080p. I'm like you; I don't know that we're going to get 4k remasters, but I bet they get it up to 10 1080p. Um, and you know they they do a lot with computers, so I suppose I guess. Who knows? They won't have to re-up convert the now they're doing one through four. So I guess they aren't doing the specials or are they? They are. specials? they're
1: they're lumping those in as okay.
0: so it makes sense since that would finish uh, the 10th Doctor run. Um, So those are already in high. Those were already shot in high definition. Actually, I'm not sure that's even true. I think Planet of the Dead wasn't, but all the rest of them were. Or no, next doctor wasn't. Seems like there was one. I may be wrong. Seemed like there was one of them that wasn't, and that it was like the second special that, which would have been Planet of the Dead. Anyway, those I are know already for
2: sure from Matt Smith going on. They were shot in yeah,
0: though. Released. They 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 most definitely were from Matt Smith. But I uh, most most if not all of the the David Tennant specials were as well. So, hmm. I I think that if it if they just do this and then just don't really do. Anything more, like more bonus features and more specials and things like that, or we lose a lot of the bonus features that are in the original um, discs, then I I just don't know that it's worth upscaling these. Have According
1: to the article, all Hmm. existing bonus features and a newly specialty shot extra, a look back to time and space. David Russell T Davies and David Tennant will be included.
0: Okay, so this, this probably would be worth this, probably would be worth an upgrade, a, per, a purchase then, if all of that's going to be included.
1: Hmm. So, right now, there is no announcement for a US release. Yeah, that does mean anything. <laughs> um, but I guess so. Here's my question I just thought of you know, they did a big box set, at least in the US, mm-hmm. on Blu ray for the david Tennant era i'm i i can not remember if for, uh christopher eccleson's era was included was. did the uk get that too or yeah, is this so, kind of that version well
0: that? this is this will that's this is technically our third go-round with the blu-rays um because they put the first and second doctor season on blu-ray and they released that and then they did all of the rest of them. So there was that version. And then there, yeah, there was the one that we have here in the U S which was just the David Tennant. There is a non-conforming box. Right, there is a Blu-ray, uh, individual Blu-ray disc of season one. Cause I have that. And that was U S as well. Maybe UK. So they've, they've gone to Blu-ray with these before, this is the first time that they're remastering them so that they actually will be in high definition. So they upscale on Blu-ray. They uh, they take and they upscale um, the video when they put them on Blu-ray, so they don't you know you don't notice the standard definition as much. But as I was saying earlier to you guys, I I can see the standard definition even on the Blu-ray copies that we have. So it might be worth it if they can upconvert these. Um, very well and make it make it look good and these might be worth it if we even yeah, get it I, here even if we even get if we even get it here in the u.s yeah
2: i have the same thing glenn where i've got the the ninth doctor by himself and then the david Tennant collection on blu-ray and i seem to remember it seemed like i thought these came out first maybe i was just really far behind in picking them up but then uh i saw that there was a full Oh, ones all five yeah. the ones, set that came you're out that right. it was available here in the States. No,
0: you're right. The ones that we have uh came out first, and then there was the uh bigger box set where they did the entire series. Or not entire series, but then well, actually I think there is even there's another Blu ray set that is the entire new series. So this is probably the fifth time <laughs> we have Blu-ray. <laughs> they're, re- they're really getting their money out of these Blu rays, aren't they? Oh, I think you're right up through Capaldi. Yeah. There was one. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, speaking of maybe or maybe not available in uh, North America.
0: Yeah, actually. So uh, another thing that right now is exclusive to the UK is one of the things that we're going to be doing for our review, which is Doomsday Extraction Point. Um, We learned just recently that this is uh, the actual hardback book won't be available in the U.S. until uh, I think it's next month or maybe it's even October. Um, but however, the fortunately, the uh, digital copy is available um, to download. And so we were able to still get uh, copies of this to read. And so there's where we're going to uh, go next is our uh, review of Doomsday Extraction Point. And then uh, a little bit later, we will talk about Doomsday Part 2 or AKA Wrong Place at the Right Time, which is the Doctor Who Lost in Time mobile game ep- or uh, special event. Keith, you want to give us a synopsis for Doomsday Extraction Point? Yes.
1: The finest time-traveling assassin in the cosmos is running scared. Doom's own death is coming for her in a matter of hours, and the only person in the universe who might just be able to save her is the Doctor. So long as it's the right Doctor. But as soon as Doom searches for aid, the hits keep coming in. Kill a crabby crawl in his replica world. Assassinate a ghost on Satellite 5. Eliminate a living asteroid. Doom finds her talents and patience stretched to a breaking point. But these apparently random jobs are linked in a way Doom could never imagine. And when not one, but two different doctors get involved on the trail of an old enemy, the ensuing fireworks might just end the lives of billions. Can Doom solve the mystery before her allotted hours are up? It's not only a planet she must save from destruction, but herself.
0: I'm going to give it a bump, bump. bump. I'm going to give it a bump, bump, bump as well. I, I really enjoyed the book. Um, It's not a masterpiece in writing by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a really fun story and it does a really good job of weaving through three different hours, which seemingly three different stories that really do end up um, weaving back into each other. And I like how the first story moves into the second story and makes callbacks to the story before, but doesn't really connect as much as you think it would until you get to the third story, which then starts to really call back and really you start to th- see the connections. And then the fourth story kind of bringing it all together at the end, I thought was really, really well done.
1: Yeah, I would agree. The way the, the author was able to set up these unique individual stories or hits and then make them, cross into each other and chris and then merge together at the end i thought it was a very well very well thought out and very well executed bit of storytelling the first story i concur
2: i, the first story, I say i've been <laughs> jinx show me a coke Oh, <laughs> <I'll> go ahead <laughs> um I was, I was just going to say I concur with, I, I think I've been kind of vocal that one of my complaints about the whole Doomsday arc is we're just jumping from time slot to time slot to time slot, and we have an hour to solve a problem, and then, oh, the doctor's not there, or it's the wrong one, and we jump out and we do it again. And it, it, it I was worried that we were going to just get 24 hours of this, uh, and then there wouldn't be a payoff for it that we get to the final episode and they would, you know, finish the story, but not necessarily make all the other jumps worth it. This book, I I feel like, is kind of in a microcosm of what I'm hoping for from the larger event, Mm -hmm. that there are going to be these little ties that we can't see now because we've only gotten, you know, the first half of the story. And that once we get into the, the, the back half of things, that more stuff starts to tie in together and we go, oh, wait, I remember that. And uh, th- that it pulls together and, and creates a, a cohesively whole narrative. And I thought they did a very good job with that on the book.
0: I think I think what it benefits from is this is one author writing four different stories. And mm-hmm. so they're able to weave that narrative through the whole thing and connect it. I think that's where the other previous ones have fallen down. And quite honestly, the, the doctor magazine set of stories really was the one that could have done this as well, but chose not to chose to tell four different stories. And so I think that that's why it's felt that way so far is because it really is just different authors given a, little bit of information or an outline on doom and then saying go off and write your story and I, and which I don't I haven't disliked anything that we've let we've uh, read or yeah I guess it's all been read so far uh, read so <laughs> far but this one because you gave one author four hours and this you know mg Harris can take those four hours, and make it look like four different stories that all interconnect. That's the right way to do this. And I think that, that, that going forward, if that can happen again, although we're running out of, <laughs> we're running out of doomsday where this is what our 14, does this go up to 14? Yeah. Yeah. So we don't have very many hours left. I guess there's still 10 hours left, but uh, knowing what I know about, stories in the future (laughs) kind of feels like it'll it'll be a return to norm but that's just spoilers for now so
2: well and you know for being the same author for all four of these parts i also felt like each segment kind of had a distinct feel Mm -hmm, to it mm -hmm. um the first segment was very james bond
0: oh i was totally that's what i was going to say earlier was that felt like a james bond novel Completely yeah. felt like a James Bond
2: novel. I mean, not just in the setting, of course, we were on a ski slope and we've got a, a gondola ride that you're climbing up on top of and, and all this kind of stuff. And then there's a <laughs> there's a hidden base in the mountain. <laughs> and it just it, I mean it, it was very bond template yep. throughout the, the proceedings, which was great. It was and it was a great adventure yarn. And then the um second one, I don't know that it fit necessarily a specific genre. Other than it really took me back to Satellite Five.
0: Yeah, I. Or, or it's, Canada, a great,
1: it it's a great. It's a great follow-up to that Ninth Doctor story, and helps it make it to me the entire story. The entire book, but probably because so much of the Ninth Doctor is in it, plus the villain that shows up at the end, feels like it's all a Ninth Doctor era story.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it really feels and, and this helps set that ground. It feels like Satellite Five, other than um what was the uh the Jagger was the mighty Jagger Yeah, was uh you know, dispatched of and, and wasn't was no longer controlling Satellite Five, it still feels like Satellite Five. It feels like not a lot has changed. And mm-hmm. I think that's what makes it feel a lot like that episode in, in a good way. And, in fact, right down to the fact that they're shooting this ghost chasing story on the station was very much in line with the what was kind of happening on that station, back in that ninth Doctor story. So, yeah, I like the fact that they harken back to that even that style of storytelling. And it really feels very much like it, satellite five feels very familiar, even though it's a completely different story. And we're talking about different trappings here. It really feels familiar to us based on the fact that they kept it just, you know, that much the same. And I think that's what makes that work.
1: All right. So it also, then today... It also helps that they go up to, you know, the or 500 and the yeah. bodies are still there. And <laughs> right. The body of the ja- of the Jaguar is still, still there. there. also. <laughs> 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 Yeah, not, really, not much has changed. <laughs> did anybody
2: else get the? I guess I can I, let me rephrase it this way. What were you guys' thoughts on segment three? Did it bring up and evoke any specific memory or uh, or feeling
0: for you? That's the one on the uh, asteroid, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't know that it did. It of the of the three or of the four stories, that one to me felt the most doctor who most doctor. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I, but I don't know that I could pinpoint a specific episode, but it really felt like a traditional doctor who story. And so I think that's why that's, that's what that invoked to me. Keith. Uh,
1: I don't, I don't know if it really invoked anything specifically.
2: I very, it obviously did for you. (laughs) I I very much got a fourth doctor vibe.
0: Mm, yeah, yeah yeah i could see so that, that we,
2: we we had so many fourth doctor stories that were kind of loosely hammer horror films or uh uh the, the one in particular that i thought it was underworld with mm, the bad yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. no you're
0: absolutely um, right yeah it,
2: it, it just kind of had that foreboding sense of we are stuck somewhere mm-hmm. and, and even the invisible enemy just lots mm-hmm. of cramped corridor running very claustrophobic. And, and then there was a spaceship and yeah and and uh bugs okay yep. yeah right. <laughs> that's, a, that's a tom baker story there <laughs>
0: hive bugs at that <laughs>
1: yeah
2: hive robot, robot
0: bugs, bugs.
2: <laughs> yeah yeah i can't put my finger on four though
0: yeah no four i think feels four for me feels the most wide open it doesn't feel like it's it's anything at all in fact it feels like its own story i i wouldn't I would struggle to compare it to, to anything because it felt... It felt... Maybe
2: because it's the culmination. Well, I it may be. The, yeah, there's so everything
0: together. But it also... It stands aside as well because I suppose maybe if I were to liken it to anything, it would be the feel of... it's not coming to mind now. There's another story that maybe it'll come to me later. It it feels so different from anything and it feels so different from the first three stories, even though it does finally tie everything together and wrap everything up very nicely. um, It feels the most different. So it, because it doesn't feel like, because it didn't invoke an idea of a, a previous story or previous, you know, idea. I think it felt the most different to me which I think was good because it steps away and does its own thing. And it kind of, it doesn't rely on having any sort of atmosphere or mood that you're familiar with. So it works really well on its own.
2: Yeah. And to be clear, I'm, I am I, I mean this um, to be complimentary when I'm saying it reminded me of this. It's not mm-hmm. that they stole no, an idea or no, anything. It's, no, it's mm-hmm. just that the, the, the vibe of the story was fun because it felt to me like it was harkening back and, and paying homage to or whatever. And yeah, it's, if, it's if, odd that the fourth part doesn't, considering that we return to locations that we've already been to, and so much of the other parts are present, mm-hmm. and yet it's its own thing mm-hmm. for the climax, which is, uh, I think, very much a, a hallmark of good writing.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I would say, if anything, the final part would harken me back more towards World War III, just because of the Sladeen aspect of it, probably more than anything else.
0: Yeah, I suppose that's true. I, you know, what's what's amazing about this is, you know, how much I despise <laughs> the Sabine, but I didn't have a problem with them here. And I think because part of it is because you already get past the ridiculousness of the characters or the species. You don't have to see them. Well, that too. But you get past the ridiculousness of the the way that works. And so in this one, because you're already past that, everything is very much in the mo of the 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 family and so it works well and and so i i didn't have a problem with it them in this one um i would have rather it been another monster but i also <laughs> like the fact that the when the author's very descriptive and and doom even is very descriptive about the the baby face and the how the kind of how it wobbles when it walks and it points those things out which are those things that in the episode were to me a detriment to it, but in this it's like we're not taking them so serious. We're gonna actually point these things out as we use them as our as our villain. And so it works in that way because they didn't they didn't, you know, dance around the fact that it's it's a stupid villain. It's a stupid species. But <laughs> they 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 just went full forward with it. And so I appreciated that and respected the fact that they did that.
1: The other great thing they do is in or even though it's on the cover, in order to keep them a secret, they came up with the idea that, oh, well, they fixed the gas problem mm-hmm. where they aren't as flatulent and gassy, in fact, as they have been in the past. Only one instance do we have right. it, and the they one... even go so far to explain how this is why the way it, this is the way it is. And it's such a clever way to kind of Cause I forgot the Sullivan was on the cover by the time they actually showed up. So I was kind of like, Whoa, that's kind of cool. Uh, even yeah, it felt like Celine. a
2: huge reveal, even though it was, it was telegraphed, you know, mm-hmm. even though you got oh, that yeah. little bit and I, and that's when I began to, well, I, we had the, the next episode where it was, you know, the law firm of Sullivan Celine, is Celine, like, okay, yeah. So we're totally going there. Right. But yet when the reveal happens, it still feels like a big reveal. And the beauty of it is, as you said, Glenn, that we're not taking them seriously. We're pointing out all of the flaws in the design of the monster. But because it's a book and it's open to the mind's eye and we're just filling it in with the mental paintbrush of what has come before, we're not actually seeing it. We're not seeing the bad zipper effect. We're not seeing the, 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 gross-out flatulence, oh, come on, In a fart jokes moment. We're not seeing all those things. And it almost makes them scarier. Like, I, I don't get me wrong, they're still laughable as villains. You don't see
1: the bad CGI of them running.
2: Yeah, but it, it, it kind of, the, the, the paintbrush of your mind is so much better that it, it does kind of make them a more effective villain this way. I,
0: I would agree with the effective villain. I wouldn't say scarier, but I think maybe it does make them more menacing.
2: It's menacing. There you go. Good yeah. word. Yeah, I was, I was, I'll be honest. When I got to that moment, I had a chuckle because I thought, oh, this just took a left turn into Glenn's going to hate it, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, no, I, was, I can see the diatribe. Coming. I was,
0: I was prepared for it because as you said, they were on the cover. So I knew they were going to show up eventually. So I had, I had already made my, my uh, I had already, you know, wor- not worried about that. And then made your piece
1: with it. Yeah,
0: exactly. Made my piece with it. And then they were so effective. The use was so effective in this one, even, even better than the blathering. I thought that they did in the, the Sarah Jane adventures. I thought, mm-hmm. which I thought they was a step better than the Slitheen, uh in that story. Although I think it works in Sarah Jane, maybe because it feels a little more like a kid's series rather than Dr. Who, but that's neither here nor there. I think they were very effective in this. Um, and the second doctor shows up, which is great. Although, although I uh, wish we could have done this. <laughs> I wish we could have done this just a week or two earlier, because then we would have done this before the second doctor adventures, James Robert McCrimmon, so that Jamie hadn't showed up yet. So this would have been that would have fit in there between World Games and this. So, unfortunately. I just think it's didn't work out that so way. So, but it is funny, still so, it is still yeah, so
1: serendipitous that we've been doing all this season six B stuff and just happened to re- review a story that the second doctor shows up in and he's working for the CIA. <laughs> now, correct me if
2: I'm wrong. When we listened to Robert McCrimmon and they did that whole backstory of adventures that we weren't privy to, didn't they throw a Lizine reference in there?
1: Not that I, remember. I don't
0: am I making that up? I don't recall them. I don't recall that. They might have, but I don't okay. recall that. But Jamie, would have been, been Jamie wouldn't have been present for that though. The one, the one that they definitely do call back to, uh we still haven't done yet either. So the annihilation. Yeah, that's true. Right. But yeah, so no, I don't, I don't recall that. But maybe, although it does seem like we've had the Slivine name dropped recently, but I can't remember where it was. Yeah, that's what I was thinking,
2: but I'm getting old. So it's all, uh,
0: <laughs> it all goes it's, in. it's all a muddle. Yeah. It all point. goes in and just becomes mush and yeah, it's, that's... it's, it used to be several courses. Now it's just stew. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you could tell me that next week we're going to be reviewing a Christmas carol. It's the new episode with the new doctor. And I'd be like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> starting over. I wouldn't be, it'd be all new to me.
0: <laughs> um, Oh, back to this though. Um, yeah, just thoroughly enjoyed. And and to me, so far, I've again I've enjoyed the Doom stuff. And up until now, I think the Missy comics were the best Doom stories so far. But this certainly now takes the top spot for me as far as as the uh, transmedia stories go. This one right now is is my favorite, and I think. This one here here's the other thing that I've had is I never really kind of felt like the other stories and and most of them because they're truncated have really given me a taste of who Doom is as an assassin. And I think this one gives enough character building that it makes the Doom that we see earlier on make more sense if that makes any if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um because this really kind of cements that yeah she is very good at her job she maybe is the you know the best assassin in the universe i still don't know if that's true but i it, it, she certainly earns her reputation in this book and so i think that was one of the things that i liked most about this is that the character finally is developed enough for me to go yeah she really does know what she's doing she's not this I think what happened was they set up this story with a goofy. And I think everybody agrees that the, the, the trailer for this series was just a little bit too tongue in cheek. And I think nobody took it serious because it was Suze Kempler and she's a comedic actress. And I think that they, that this, the start of that was wrong because we haven't seen the goofiness. She's very tongue in cheek and there are humorous moments
1: She's snarky.
0: Yeah, she's snarky, but it's not what kind of how they set this up. So I think this frames this really well. What this worries me now, though, is once we get to audios, particularly the big finish one where Suze finally gets to portray the character 100% as playing Doom, I'm one. I'm hoping that it's consistent because I didn't think that the first stories we read were uneven, but there just wasn't enough of the character to really kind of understand This kind of made those, the characterizations in those stories better for me. And so I hope that continues throughout the rest of the series.
2: Same. It very much retroactively fixed a lot of what had come before. Um, Because I remember thinking, much like you, oh, she is competent. Mm -hmm. Because they told us she was this, you know, badass assassin. But none of the early stuff really made me believe that
0: mm-hmm.
2: there, there, there were no, uh, daring escape hijinks after offing somebody or mission impossible or James Bond style clinging to the outside of a gondola. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just walk in, maybe poison them, maybe not walk off. I mean, that, that was kind of low key assassination mm-hmm. squad stuff. Yeah. And a lot of them had complications to them, so it was like, "Oh, you're just not very good at this." But this was the first one that made me go, "Okay, yeah, you are good at this." You know, um, I, I believe in you now as a character, mm-hmm. and so uh, that that was a pleasant, uh, a pleasant awakening.
1: The other good thing the book does is kind of dips into the bigger mystery that we've been trying to deal with throughout the entire story of you know we don't know what incident triggered to make doom think that death is after her other than the fact that we see death after her in that comic Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there's we don't know what happened in new venice that set off this entire journey to get her back to the first doctor. And we start to learn a little bit more about that in this story. And I think Mm -hmm. that's, I wish I kind of wish they had done some of this sooner. So I would care more about what's going to happen to doom than I do.
0: Right. This makes you, this makes you invest more in the character at this point.
1: Yeah. And I should have invested way more into this, you know, six hours ago or something, mm-hmm. instead of being halfway through her day left to live before I start to care if Zoom, Doom lives or dies. Right, right. I mean, it's... So I think there is a misstep there, and they should have potentially put this story earlier in those hours so you or- can get some of those establishments of, oh, okay, this is why we have to try to track down the doctor, even though I still don't fully... We still don't really have a good idea of what the doctor could potentially do rather right. than explain to her what happened to her. Right. And is it in this that they mention that her timeline is unraveling? Yes. Yeah, it's this story that,
0: that yeah. mentions that, yeah.
1: So that that's an interesting idea that I want to explore more of. Yeah. I have a feeling we won't though. <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, from from
2: a cinematic <laughs> standpoint you're very much right. You needed something heavier for an inciting incident Mm -hmm. to grab you and make you pay attention to doom's plight and, and make you care about what was going on. And then later in the run, you could have done the almost montage style. Here's a very quick page and a half story of this encounter, because by that point you're, you're, you're wrapped up in it. And so it's just, speed running through these things and and you know yeah. here's a name drop or a character and cameo and, and things of that nature and you, you would be more accepting of them at that point in the story i think yeah because yeah. we've tantalized you with this off the top so i agree with you keith i think yeah. they needed something a little maybe not necessarily this story but they certainly needed to open with something a little heavier hitting
0: yeah i think it could have gone the goss a setup story and then i i even think this story would have worked out of the gate too I think that had they made this hours two through five, I think that this would have set the tone and not had to retroactively fix the doom that we had seen because I think we would have this would have built the character enough that those little jaunts to different locations would have been better because I think we'd have felt like we were more familiar with the character by that point. And then I think yeah. what they needed to do is keep that the way it's going and then bookended it by coming to either four from doomsday. Um, when we get to that or coming to, as they're doing now soon, uh, the big finish story and wrapping with that, I think maybe they would have done better to, to go that way. I think that my other problem that I'm going to have with it is I think that maybe missing a, and maybe I'll, I'll revisit this later, but I think maybe missing a beat and, and, casting Suze Kippner as the as Doom, but then not giving me her voice off the top. That's been another thing that's been a struggle for me because all I have to go by is those silly little uh, ads that they, they run and the little previews that they do for the thing. And so I don't really feel like I even still have Suze Kippner's voice yet. So that I think mm-hmm. would have also been beneficial was to at least give us something with her doing the, the acting as well. but. <coughs> We'll see. Time I will agree. tell. We got more. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> they chose to um, do the next mobile game story, which just completely slid backwards as far as quality. Um, it of, went of this down whole. the toilet as yeah, far as quality. Yeah, <laughs> for this whole thing. Because really, uh, more so than the last one, there's two locations through the whole thing. And our characters don't even move. It, I'm so disappointed. It's almost like East End Games did these as an afterthought. And the story, I mean, with the, the Chameleon story I thought was okay because even though we didn't get a lot of location changes and we still kept seeing the same images, it was intriguing because we had Chameleon disguised as the 13th Doctor and we had that unraveling thing. And then we had the 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 kind of funny tongue in cheek. The canine has hired her to, you know, uh, <laughs> thwart these pirates that are attacking the station. All that was kind of just fun and, and like, OK, that's lighthearted mobile game. That makes sense. This one then <laughs> takes a 360, no, 180 degree turn and tries to do something that I think just was terrible Which is, Mm -hmm. she's here to kill this, I don't, he's not really a freedom fighter, but he's a, she kills this guy as a symbol of the resistance of this planet that has this fascist (laughs) government and she does it to frame, I don't know, it's just, I I hated this. I hated this with a passion.
1: Here here are the two big problems with it. We go into it with no app absolutely no context
0: mm-hmm.
1: and don't know what's going on throughout mm-hmm. almost the entire thing, despite the conversations, because yep. it doesn't make any sense because we don't have any context. And then even at the very end of it, she goes, Well, that was a waste of my time. Yeah,
0: right. Which it tells- was a waste of mine. Exactly, to which is which if you're telling your your Viewer or reader or whatever that the the the, the uh, protagonist has wasted their time, then it's just like telegraphing to you that you wasted your time reading this. I just I, it's, we it's, have no investment
2: We came off of the highest of the highs, right? That's true. So far with the, with this saga, it's a lot further. And immediately follow. went into the lowest of the lows. Yeah. with yeah.
0: the saga. I mean, I think had we had a familiar character, even that she was interacting with. I might've had a little more investment in it, but I don't know this Martin. I don't know his family. I mean, I'm sorry that the, you know, his family's going to die and he's going to end up being an unwitting martyr for a cause. But beyond that, it's just, it's, I don't know. It's pointless. Very pointless. And you know,
1: so far every story has tried to at least somehow connect To the doctor in some way. And while I could see that being. A challenge or repetitive. I do think it's kind of necessary. Considering Mm -hmm. the story that they're trying to tell. And the fact that this doesn't at all. Right. Is to its detriment. It's not a refreshing change of pace. Because you know. Oh well we don't have to. Have the weight of the overall story going on. No we kind of need that weight. To get me through the story Mm -hmm. and to not have that is a huge misstep.
0: I think this could have even been maybe even more of a, a lighthearted breather between the, the bigger picture. If it was (laughs) lighthearted. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what I was saying. Had they, had they chosen a different route or a different story and just, I mean, it, it already invokes sort of a cartoony feel, even the, even the episodes that are running along in the in the game itself, don't take themselves too seriously, if if that makes any sense. They're done very kind of lighthearted, and that's helped by the fact that, or aided by the fact, I suppose, that the imagery of this is, is very cartoonish. And so and I'm not saying that it's silly or funny or they're they're not they're not taking themselves seriously, but they're not taking themselves too seriously with the stories they've been telling. And so I think it works. But this one just gets so deep that I think they should have just stayed with that kind of upbeat, fun, take a break from, you know, the book before you lead into the audio, the four-part audio that we're going to uh, review next week. And so I think that could have been a nice little, you know, just a, a, a breather, but it just, they tried to do something that doesn't work.
1: Well, and you know, he, she's looking for what, what appears to be the first doctor. Mm-hmm. I mean... The book makes it pretty clear that's the case. And she's only came across now two, nine, and six. Mm -hmm. And then Chameleon pretending to be the doctor. And Missy pretending to be the doctor. I wouldn't want another story where they're someone pretending to be the doctor, but at least you could at least have her meet another doctor in the wrong order and be frustrated by that aspect mm-hmm. and try and tease something else to come forward. Not just this pointless story that depressed me. And
0: mm-hmm. I guess you could argue she's been doctor adjacent to 12 and uh, three. Cause in the unicorn story, three would have been nearby and in the, um, Missy story 12, uh, yeah, 12, yeah, 12, was 12 nearby. Was nearby, but so at least you get a nod to those doctors, but you're right. And, it, and I suppose they could have even done that here. If you're going to do, you could have even done Dr. Jason here and her, yeah. may, had her not meet the doctor, but had, um, a near miss, you know, kind of, you know, just almost met the doctor again in this one. I mean, I don't, I don't think Does she it, should be running into every incarnation of the Doctor in every story because then no. it, it becomes tiresome because, well, if the first incarnation of this Doctor you keep meeting has the answer, wouldn't you think that all of these Doctors <laughs> have the answer you need?
1: They better give us a really good reason yeah. why the other version of the Doctor can't solve this issue for her. I
0: agree her. with you. <laughs>
1: Especially the very next incarnation. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree, but 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 the fact that she's the the almost misses are kind of the fun of this story right, too. Right. So the fact that it, they, they had the potential to give us another almost miss and they wasted and they it, missed it. it. Just, yeah, <laughs> they missed and it all together. Totally missed it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's a little frustrating. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm just kinda of, I, I think I'm also. Part of me, and Sean's been here a long time, but I'm burned out on the game because this one in particular, what made it even worse was oh. that they made this, I don't know if people probably aren't playing this game, but they made this more difficult to get the characters, the rewards than, I mean, mm-hmm. they and they've done this to us before, but they did it again in this event. And it makes, you again, you've got a story that you're telling among the a greater picture of a story which is the transmedia event you should be making this event just a little easier on us so we get the whole story because again i had to go to the internet to find the last few panels of the story because i didn't get far enough in it because you made it too difficult me too without spending money Mm -hmm. without spending money there's a there's a a podcast um Cruising Through Doomsday, and right now I think their podcast is only on Podbean, so you do have to download the app to listen to them or listen to them through a web browser. But it's uh, Cruising Through Doomsday, which is a uh, Bastille reference if you don't get that. Um, But they made a really good point, and and I haven't listened to their most recent, so I don't know what they said about this particular part of the mobile game. But on the first mobile game, they made a good point that it's not a uh pay to play. It's a play to play to win. It's pay to win. Pay and to so win. yeah, and and they're absolutely right. I mean unless you're paying money on this, most of the time you're not gonna especially these events, you're not gonna win the cards that you need. That's neither here nor there. One one day we'll revisit Doctor Who Mobile and <laughs> the Lost In Time Mobile game. And <laughs> do a, do a uh update on that game. But anyway, yeah, this was a complete disappointment and I I'm ready to move on. <laughs>
2: Hi, I'm Rupert Booth. I am known as Paul Ferry. And my name is Barry Williams. Together, we host Time Ram. Time Ram's a cruel mistress. It's a random number generator. That also. We roll a number from 1 to 30, and that's our doctor. Then 1 to 300 for the story, and then we ram them together. Even if it doesn't make sense.
1: Cruel, I tell you. Time Ram. Putting the wrong doctors in the wrong stories, so you don't have to. You're listening to Travelling the Vortex.
0: What do we got coming up on the schedule, Sean?
2: Well, coming up next for us is uh, some more 60th anniversary tie-in materials. We do the next Once in Future, uh, which is part four, Two's Company, from Big Finish. And then uh, the next installment of Doomsday which is a BBC audio for From Doomsday, which will cover hours 16, 17, 18, and 19. I will be on vacation. We are going to the wonderful world of Disney. And uh, so the uh, two remaining Vortex boys are going to tackle the Teeth of Ice which is an 8th Doctor audio original. I like how you put an 8th Doctor audio on the calendar of the week that I won't be here. (laughs) Really appreciate you guys thinking of me there.
0: You can still listen to it.
2: (laughs) And and, and, and I may, since I will be on a plane. Uh, And then uh, we're going to do The Annihilators as part of our Season 6B, uh, which is a BBC audio from the... Or No, I'm sorry, it's a Big Finish uh, Uh audio. Uh, the third Doctor Adventures box at nine. Mm-hmm. So, all of that is uh, coming up. And of course, as always, a note that the schedule is subject to change. If we get word that, uh, you know, Doctor Who comes on tomorrow, well, we're gonna, we're gonna adjust to, uh, <laughs> reprioritize a
1: few
0: things. It'll, it'll probably drop the weaker in, uh, Walt Disney world.
2: I can't wait. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, and it's on Disney now. So that's I'm pretty right. sure that's available in all the hotel rooms. Oh, I'm down sure it there. is.
0: I'm sure it is.
2: You don't understand, man. I was there. I got it direct from the source.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get any closer. <laughs> there, there,
2: there, there is a Cardiff sized riff under Disney world where Doctor <laughs> Who just pours out of it into the world.
0: <laughs> uh, Well, don't forget, if you get get any value out of this podcast, why not consider putting some value back into it? You can do that by clicking on the patron link and consider supporting us. And we do desperately need your help because we are coming up on a server payment very, very soon. And uh, we want to make sure that we have the money to do that. So we are imploring you for some extra help. If you're already a patron member, maybe consider upping your patron uh, contribution for a month so that we can uh, make our payment because we're going to be really close this time. And uh, you know, and if you're listening to this and you're not a patron subscriber, if you want to pop in there, give us, you know, just a little bit of money, help us out. Um, We've got some great audios that we've been putting up there for you. Um, Sean's been doing his star Trek stuff. I've got some comic stuff. We've, we've all been doing a uh, doctor quiz, which we've got another one coming up very soon. Um, But yeah, if you want to pop in there, give us a few bucks. We sure would appreciate that. Um, That's how we, we fund this podcast. We, we, it's from Patreon. It's from our listeners. Um, we can't do this without you guys. We can't do this without having listeners. And we would just really appreciate if you guys could give us just a little bit back so that we can uh, keep this podcast going. And, of course, you can get the word out there about this podcast by giving us five-star review wherever you subscribe to this podcast. If you've already given us a five-star review, great. If you haven't, go now to whatever podcast um, aggregator or catcher that you get our podcast from give us a five-star review please it helps bump us up in the ratings and the recommendations and of course you can join in um, uh, the conversations in our listener forum on on facebook let us know what you want to hear that's that's probably a direct route to us uh, to let us know you know how you're enjoying the show what you guys are doing what you're listening to what you like about the show Uh, if there's certain topics you want us to talk about pop in there let us know we keep an eye on those forums And then, of course, you can engage with us on uh, various social media. We are on X, which is formerly known as Twitter, at Travel Vortex. We're on Facebook. We have just a regular Facebook page as well. And we are on TikTok. Um, And Threads is coming soon. We're on uh, Instagram as well. We don't plug that very much, but. We're also on Goodreads. That's right. We are on Goodreads. We have a Goodreads group. In fact, we have a a fine little group over there that is moderated by Holly, and uh, she uh, helps us pick what books we're going to read for the month, and then uh, she's uh, um, moderating that for us. and and, uh, So go there. You can find uh, like-minded people over there that uh, um, enjoy reading Doctor Who books along with uh, a lot of the ones that we've already read. reviewed and ones that we're going to be reviewing so um i think that's it like i said we're on instagram but we don't seem to post on instagram until we go to conventions. so i guess we better go to a convention soon so we can post more <laughs> pictures that's fair <laughs> right <laughs> anything else we need to touch on before we close this one if not until next time i'm glenn i'm sean i'm keith cheers
2: good night everybody.